Welcome to Candyman, a podcast that will not make you say farewell to the flesh because this podcast is not about Candyman, Farewell uh, to the Flesh, the movie nice. sequel. In fact, it's about Sweet Tooth, so it's going to make you say hello to the flesh. Hi, everybody. What? I'm Alex. Hello, flesh. Another perfectly clear introduction <laughs> to our podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the fourth episode of Sweet Tooth Season 1, Secret Sauce. And later on in the episode, we're going to be also very confusingly reviewing some candy. We'll get to that in a moment. But requisite... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're a little... Let's be fair. We were a little all over the place with the candy this week. Uh, Well, um, it's the world we dipped our toe into this week is... It's confusing. I mean, yes. I'm at the grocery store. I got sour sketty coming at me. I got gummy <laughs> worms. It's a it's a mixed bag. Everyone get. I got. I I mean, we're ruining the surprise here. I bought almost a literal mixed bag. Yeah, you, it's <laughs> yeah. a mixed cup. Yes, but we'll get to that uh, later on in the episode when we review the candy. For the moment, though, talking about Sweet Tooth, the show that you're probably actually here to hear about. First of all, watch the episode. We're going to get into spoilers pretty much immediately, talk about some of our favorite things in the episode. But the broad overview here is we're starting to check in with all of our individual stories. We check in on Amy. We've jumped forward many, many years, and her now daughter, Pigtail, is, uh, I don't know, about Gus's age, I would say, like 10 or 11. Something like that. It's not specified. They're still living in the zoo. They're trying to avoid the last men, which is Abbott's army that is traveling around looking for hybrids. We find out a lot more about them this episode. And by the end of the episode, we meet a new character, Bobby, who shows up and Amy makes the big decision to change the zoo into a haven for hybrids. Uh, So we can start to see how this stuff is going to start coming together. Meanwhile, with Sig... Things go terribly wrong. Oh, uh, Ronnie this is that, getting that's sicker. That's why you keep a horse around. <laughs> Always. So yeah. Singh uh, is very concerned about Ronnie. She is not getting better. She seems to really be encouraging him to use stem cells from hybrid children. It needs to be alive hybrid children, as we suspected, that need to be harvested in, her, in order to make the secret sauce that is going to make her better. Meanwhile, Nancy, a.k.a. the woman from Total Recall, finds Stop. out exactly what's going on. That with is not, why, why would you keep that bit going? <laughs> finds out exactly, it is pretty awful. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> the She finds out about Ronnie. She suspected it, as we suspected. Or I think, Pete, you were pointing it out in particular last episode. She goes straight for them and then, surprise, gets kicked by a horse and maybe dies. Yeah. So now that's, she she's more the lady from Wanted who who work in the stapler. That's uh, that's a little bit more the stapler. Yeah, she's the the lady who runs the office where the uh, the guy from Wanted uh, works. And I'll tell she, you what, nobody remembers anything from Wanted. I'm very yeah. surprised. Uh, Curve bullets, Angelina Jolie. That's all I got. Not a big rewatcher of Wanted, right? Yeah, but we are going to be talking about the Loom of Fate. Everybody's favorite plot point and wanted <laughs> later on in the episode. I guess I do remember more than I thought. Yeah. Wow. Moving over yeah, to the, Gus I, and G- I have the candy I have is the sour loom of fate. Is that <laughs> nice. what we're supposed nice. to be eating? Yeah. And looking crazy specific with what they're making sour. Yeah. <laughs> Any anything could be sour if you put sour salt on it. I think that's the main takeaway from this episode. Sour Moving on salt. to that's what it's called. What you're in too deep. You're like you're secretly wonked up. You're a Willy Wonka. I'll tell you what, I am doing this podcast 
for the candy. The the sweet tooth episodes <laughs> are just like second tier for me. Exactly. This has been a long con of starting a podcast <laughs> empire to get to this candy review section of this podcast about a a fantastic television th- show that we love. It's amazing. I'm worried about it because I'm becoming way too addicted to candy and I need this like rush to get through my day. Okay, I want to I was going to leave this for later before we talk about Gus and Jeopard's plot line, And that'll be a good place to start regardless, because that's the bulk of the episode. Uh, can we talk about what happened this week, Pete? Sure. Okay. So we were texting about this episode, trying to figure mm-hmm. out what candy we were going to review and we yeah. were doing it and right you before guys were we were supposed to tape. Real dicks about it. Supposed to tape another podcast with some special guests coming on uh, that we were going to interview. And, that was happening at 7.30. We were texting at like 6.30 or something like that. And we were like, okay, fine. This is what we're going to do. We actually decided, then we changed our minds, uh, but we decided we were going to do it. You change your minds a bunch. We changed our minds a bunch. But what happened was Pete got so excited about getting candy for a podcast, mind you, that we were not going to tape it for two days. Several that he days. missed the podcast that we were doing in an hour. He right, jumped because- up uh, from the text and ran to the store to buy candy like some sort of 19th century child uh, when uh, the, f- the father's ship comes in to the harbor. And uh, what did you walk out of there with, Pete? Well, I don't want to spoil, but it's what it's my favorite candy. And I got very excited about finally being able to talk about it. And so I ran your out. Your mouth to the, is watering. I know. Right? You can't, I can't even. even uh, it's just. It's rough, man. I wish man. we were putting up video for these because drool is just pouring. Yeah, you should pouring have seen me. I was like a mouth. rabid animal in CBS, just like running up and down the aisles trying to find the biggest bag of, uh, you know. You're in like the perfume section, just being like, <laughs> "Where's the candy? <laughs> the candy's for band aids. Where's the candy?" I could not believe that. I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt. I thought maybe there was a medical emergency. That's why you went to the pharmacy. But nope, you got excited about candy. That was it. Yeah, and then completely uh, blew off accidentally this interview that I was really looking forward to. And since you guys got to talk to those guys before, and it was going to be my first time, it was like I was stuck in Artist Alley all over again, and you guys were up in the skybox. Well, hey, Pete, at least you bought some candy that you literally can buy anywhere at any time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Pete, you've proven with this uh, that you are our sweet tooth. You are the person we will go to with any specific Deer hybrid-based questions. We'll see what happens. There's still a couple of episodes to go. I don't want to call it too early that Pete will win the Syrup Cup, which is what we're giving Mm. away as a trophy at the end of the season. The sweetest tooth. You remember that time I had to call out sick because I ate too many cookies? I I do do have a problem. (laughs) You do have a problem. Uh, Yeah. You you called out sick from work work. Yeah, yeah. Sure. At our show. That's not, yeah, oh, I mean, oh. that's, he's messing with his money, dude. <laughs> this candy addiction's fucking yeah. with the bag. I mean, I've got the sweats right now just uh, craving opening up this bag and uh, ripping it into some candy. <laughs> well, we still have a whole episode to talk about very briefly on Gus and Jeopard so we can make time to talk about the candy, I guess. They have been captured by the Animal Army, who are these kids that we met in the previous episode and were teased in the episode before. There's a big civil war going on there between Bear and Tiger. By the end of the episode, Gus and Jeopard have gone free. Bear comes after them but is a little too late to catch up. And Gus and Jeopard have really affirmed their friendship, their bond together in this episode, which is very nice. So that 
all said, uh, let's start with Gus and Jeffrey. Let's start with the bulk of the episode. We've been going small storylines to big, so let's go big storylines to uh, the smaller, quicker ones this time, particularly because there's some stuff I'm very excited to talk about with Singh and Amy. But the Gus and Jeopard storyline was so good in this episode, and I've been very touched by the previous episodes of the show, but the two times they hugged in this hour, oh, I yeah. felt a twang in my heart. Aww. A twang? You should yeah. just say a, a twinge, a twang, you know? Wow. I Did you know. guys like? Uh, there's something about that the look that Jeopard has on his face in particular. Well, I, I said this in an earlier episode. Um, the gentleman who plays Jeopard, the, the the casting is perfect. He's such a he's the big man. He's such a like tough exterior, like always uh, doing what he needs to do to get the job done. But his eyes are so expressive, and you see the same like uh, doe eyed like soul underneath dear. there dear yep good uh the, he he and gus are bonded in that way they are innocent at their the soft nougat core as i talked about um and you see it in this episode nougat. because uh the the tables are turned gus has to save jeopard and you see him realize that that he does he is cared for by gus and he i think he didn't see that coming yeah i mean it's kind of started off with this kind of like uh, good luck, you know, like uh, this kid's been following me all over the place. I've been trying to get rid of him for a while. And then when you kind of get to that last hug, uh, you know, that these two are kind of bonded. And, uh, you know, when the VO guy comes on and starts talking about family. So James I, Brolin. It, yeah. And I, it's just... Uh, it's very moving. You know, at first, uh, Gus is like, no, don't, you know, don't kill him, you know, and uh, kind of like saves the day or just kind of puts a time out on it. And then as Gus is kind of hanging out with his uh, new friends, eating candy and learning about computers, uh, the whole time I'm like, where the fuck is Jeopard? Like, why is really? nobody worried about him? And Pete, I would have thought of all people, you watching Gus there was like, great, show's over. He's eating candy. He's playing video games he's doing bumper cars watching cartoons dream ideal life ideal life yeah but you know you, you got to remember who got you got you there you know what i mean you can't just like forget about your friend well and i do think though he does gus doesn't because D- gus does care for jeopard but jeopard thinks that gus i think that jeopard thinks that gus was just taking advantage of him that like he was just using him because he was weak in the world and uh jeopard is there it was the strong force and i think we Knowing the character, you know he is a good good person underneath there. And it was until this episode uh, it took for Jepper to realize that, oh, he does care for me. He's not just trying to use me for my size and strength. We have a bond, and now it's really cemented in this episode. Well, and I think he he doubles down on that in his speech to Bear. It's not really a speech, just sort of the dialogue with Bear when he's been captured, and he talks about, listen, you don't know what it was like. You had to choose a side. You were probably five years old at that point. When that happened, you don't understand. And he's had a decade plus of not trusting anybody, of being in Abbott's army, which seems like a terrible place to be, where you have to do absolutely awful things. This also ties into, and you mentioned this in the last episode, I believe, Justin, Singh's storyline where he is being morally challenged, I think, in a very similar way to how Jeopard was 10 years earlier. Jeopard chose the wrong decision. Now it looks like Singh is also choosing the wrong decisions. Uh, but Jeopard came back from that, which gives hope that potentially Singh can as well. Yeah, that's the nice thing about what Jeopard was saying. He was like, hey, listen, 
I made a wrong choice early. I'm not that guy. People can change. You know, like, I thought it was great. Like, you guys have done horrible things in your puppet army. And, like, you know, what the fuck? And I, I thought that, like... It was a really good point, and that kind of point caused the kind of civil war where it was like, you know, I don't know why they straight up had to kill Jeopard. That seemed a little kind of ridiculous for a bunch of uh, wannabe animals in a water park, but whatever, you know. So, like, uh, what I was really hoping for was when we saw Bear kind of, like, go to go after them, to join them. I was like, oh, that would have been sweet. The three of them could have been a nice little team. I was hoping she would, like, pull out the envelope and then drop it on the ground and walk away because there was research done on Birdie. Like, somebody found some answers, and, like, it sucks that I don't know if we'll ever know. They're going to catch up. That is a dangling plot line that they're not going to not follow up on, and I do think we are going to see Bear, now that she is very much on the outs with the Animal Army, meet up with Gus and Jeopard, even if she didn't quite do it this episode. Would be my guess. Yeah, I agree, and it is interesting, like, they are so down on Jeopard for being like, you just did, you did awful things, but they're running around killing people pretty indiscriminately themselves, so, like, I do think maybe Bear can sort of get out of that dichotomy and think uh, for herself going forward. But it was kind of heartbreaking for Bear. I mean, she started this kind of uh, puppet army here and got everybody like their own little kind of outfits and put everybody together. And then they all just turn on her because people want to see a tiger maul somebody to death. You know, let me ask you, um, what is your would you be would your animal totem be um, if you were joining the animal army? Mm, That's tough. I mean, bear tiger obviously taken. Yeah, I would either go with puma or turtle, depending on, on the day. Very similar animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always mix them up at the zoo. Is <laughs> a puma about, in its about, shell today? Oh, that's turtle. <laughs> My bad. How about you there, JT says? Teenage Mutant Ninja Pumas. Um, I, I mean, if I wanted to be like, oh, I would go, um, I don't know, like a dinosaur or something. But I think at the end of the day, I'd probably end up with chipmunk. <laughs> mm. Nice, mm-hmm. very yeah. tiny skull yeah. over my my nose, the bridge nice. of my nose, big yeah. cheeks. That makes sense. I always like frogs. I feel like I go for like a poison dart frog, something a little, <laughs> you know, small but colorful. Aw, not hourly oh. deadly. Pretty, very pretty choice, Alex. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I used to collect little figurines of poison dart frogs when I was a kid. I go to the okay. zoo, and every time I go to the zoo, I'd buy a new one. And there were a bunch of different shapes and sizes? Not different sizes, just different colors and designs and things. Wow. Yeah, I had a whole line of them. I would play games with them by myself. What games did you play? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Make so up wait, scenarios, just, perhaps. Let me just catch up here. And you didn't have human <laughs> human friends. These were your... And wait, were you, did you grow up in a post-apocalyptic world? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. My parents died in the, in the sick. Yeah. So you only had frogs as friends. That's the only reason I could explain how a normal boy growing up in a, soci- a functioning society wouldn't have other people to play with. No, just <laughs> frogs. Plastic frogs. I will say, on that note, I really liked how they played out the animal army as this very Lost Boys-style society here in this state of arrested development. You know, you were touching on this just before, Pete, but I think part of the reason 
they do this thing with Jepper that they do at the end is yes, they are play some of them, at least at least half of them are playing a game. They're still playing this video game. They're looking at the world as a video game. They're in a state of arrested development where the world fell. They've had no parents. They eat candy all day until their teeth fall out. Yeah. Did you see that one kid's teeth? That's going to be us by the end of this podcast, 100%. But they're doing whatever they want. And Bear started this, but Bear, thanks to Gus, like we just said, is growing out of it, is understanding, no, there is a more adult way of doing this. An adult isn't necessarily bad. It's just some adults are bad. Well, and uh, I also think there's a, there's a moment here where – where Jeopard is feeling the same, doing the same thing to Gus as his father did. Like he didn't tell him about the fact that he was the last man, that this large, he was trying to protect him or keep his secret. And you see Gus look at him like, what's this? Why didn't you tell me this? But Gus, they push through it and, and maintain their, their thing. So I think to your point, Alex, he gets close to being like, oh, I, he is a bad person. Like, oh, actually, I know him more than what these people are saying about him. He's a good person in there. And give it up for Gus for being able to make that call. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. And uh, it was interesting to see Gus's control over the wild tiger as well. I didn't know that Gus had kind of like animal powers or at least able to kind of communicate. Well, that's what we're getting. We're getting a little bit of it every episode with the ghost stag, with the dream of snow, the last episode, this episode, he's able to talk to tigers. Uh, That's something I was certainly wondering about this episode as we meet Pigtail, who is another hybrid kid who can talk uh, English and communicate and acts like a normal kid, except for her pig nose and pig ears. Um, what makes well my question meeting her is what makes Gus special why are we following him then if there are other kids who can be like this and i think the answer is that there's something more going on with Gus just beyond him being a precocious animal child who could talk right but also it's this thing of like they're like oh Gus is the only one who can talk now we meet two other hybrids who can definitely talk yeah, I want to. We'll get to. We'll get to Bobby in a second. We'll get to Bobby towards yeah. the end of the episode. Uh, but I just wanted to talk about Gus a little bit more because, man, he's so good in this episode. I know we've sung this actor's praises every episode, but I I think this was here all along, and I think it's more the costuming and the hair than anything. But there was such a. 80s movie vibe coming from him this episode, just like a kid out of a Steven Spielberg movie or more recently and more Netflixy Stranger Things, just the way that he was acting and reacting to things, um, just so fun and so enjoyable to watch him. Like the smile on when he's riding the bumper cars made me smile. You could feel that coming through the screen. It's so yeah, I, I was happy that they didn't all gang up on him because bumper cars can go from fun to like not fun real quick. As somebody catches you and like hits you that wrong angle. Oh man. Bumper cars can be rough, dude. This is old man bumper, bumper car talk though. Pete, when you're a child, your body is basically jello. Like uh, you can get bounced point. around. That's a big. Now I would honestly stay off the bumper cars. What did you think about the uh, WB product integration? We got to see some Warner Brothers cartoons in this oh, Warner yeah, Brothers production. Oh, yeah, it was great to see Very nice. some Looney Tunes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's timeless, you know? Yeah. Got to feed Papa Bugs, right? Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Not like... Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what? Forgive us for not knowing exactly what you meant when you said, got to feed Papa, Papa Bugs. Bugs. Yeah. I was like... 
You feed your father <laughs> bugs? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Is this another Just sour bugs? That's all sour worms. That's Are you talking about the poison dart frog that you worship as your, your papa? <laughs> I call you it my feed poopa. papa. My poopa frog. frog. Yeah. So this storyline was great. So well filmed. Why don't we jump over and talk about Sig? Because some very dark things go on here. Um, what'd you think about this whole storyline, Nancy? I could not believe the getting kicked by the horse thing. That was so surprising. Here's the thing. Stay away from the horse. There's nothing good. Nothing good's going to happen back there. There's nothing. No reason to be anywhere near that. uh, Any horse butt. Because you're going to say, not going to smell good. Any of those hooves, they're coming for you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. It it happened so quickly. I laughed because I was just like so surprised by it. Uh, but yeah, the, the nanner was coming for him and she did kind of the, uh, the st- stalking. She kind of like stalked them a little bit when she's he came a outside. Yeah. She's yeah. a goss. She- and that, in the post-apocalyptic world, that gets you horsed. Well, also you saw the, f- <laughs> gets you horse, gets you horse kicked to death. By the way, have that, has that pitch gotten picked up yet? I know you've been pitching that around town. About getting horsed? Get horse. Get horse. <laughs> Your prank yeah. show. It's, 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 oh, you know what? It's, what's expensive is getting the horse in the right place and justifying, like, <laughs> sure. oh, look, it's weird. There's a horse here. Right. And it's a, the horse is hard to take care of. You got to feed them oats and all this. Like, the budget's really ballooning out of control. But, but we, we got, we got Orlando Bloom pretty horsed the other day. <laughs> That guy did not see it coming. I want a get horse t-shirt. <laughs> Put it on the list. <laughs> oh, do you think the horse was involved here? This is like a Mr. Ed situation? Yeah. Or like it's part we of have the team? A, yeah. Part yeah. of the team. That's what I'm talking about. Because Singh has ridden the horse. We've established the horse as part of the family. You think this horse is like, yo, I'll take I, care mom, of this. dad, I got this. Yeah, exactly. She's getting too nosy, but it was crazy that the uh, the – the the flowers were forming in front of the house, and you know, yeah. Like what you, is that? Uh, do you think we are going to get any sort the of wife has it? That's why. No, uh, absolutely. But I'm saying, just in terms of the greater mythology of the show, is this the sort of show where by the end somebody's going to say, "And here's why the flowers grow where the virus is," or are we not going to get an explanation? It's just sort of a magical part of this world. I hope that particularly I, I want to hear an explanation because that seems it's a wild thing. Uh, it's really cool. I don't know scientifically how that work would work. Um, why? If, it's not like unless the sick has seeds in it or it's like. Right. Maybe it's spore based or something. Yeah. Maybe it's something it's like all that, pollen. that. That would be really cool. It's all pollen. Definitely something. Yeah, it's just very through. bad allergies. I mean, I would say uh, it's. You know, it's creeping towards summer here now. I've certainly been getting allergies, and I've been noticing my uh, pink is popping. Do that. Don't. Exactly. We could have gone. Up. We could go a whole episode without that. Stop. I can't. I, honestly, I wish I could get my pinky to stop popping, but I can't do it. I don't know what's stop up with me. I feel crazy. So, Alex, do you think in that way, if the sick is just um, an extreme allergy, do you think the hybrids are full of Claritin, and that's what they're just they need to? That's a special suck it sauce. <laughs> Uh, can we talk about that flare? Like, what is that about? Like, there's different colored flares. Like, is that going to the the men who bring the stuff over? Yeah, I assume that's him 
sending up a flare to let, whether it's Abbott's army or somebody else, know, capture me a hybrid and bring them alive here. Oh, wow. That was, that was my specific flare. Man, that little sheriff's office is no joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, we got... Okay. Yes, Pete. I was going to go off on a tangent. I was just surprised that we got this crazy... Please, we've stayed vil- very focused this podcast, and I appreciate if you would do the same. <laughs> we got this very villainous shot of, you know, uh, Dr. Wario or whatever his face is. And um, I thought, you know, after you that... Sing? No, not Sing. Uh, oh. the, the bearded villain guy. Uh, Abbott. Abbott. Yeah, Abbott's ice cream. <laughs> but, like, what... What the fuck? Like, how do you do that and then not follow that up at all with him at all? Like, I was just really surprised. Like, okay, this episode's got to be about the supervillain a little bit more in this because we got that huge teaser and then just completely walked away from it. I'm very surprised. It's like kind of a, a, a timeline that you would do that. So this is something that I wanted to mention a little bit earlier that I think touches on this a little bit. But one thing that I've really enjoyed about this show. And this is a very basic thing with TV shows, but something that I think is avoided quite a bit with Netflix shows in particular, because they're going for, it's more of an eight hour movie. This show is episodic. Whose voice was that? that Reed Hastings, the head of Netflix. He talks like this. Hope you guys (laughs) enjoy the new season of Stranger Things. Squack. I'm a bird boy. Uh Wow. Our podcast just got canceled yeah. <laughs> for a fourth season. I run it. Very sad. The, the, this show is episodic and it's thematic. And I think that is to its benefit. So what I mean by that is in a regular Netflix show, you'd introduce Abbott and then the next hour Abbott would do something. And then that plot would just sort of continue. It would be like watching the next hour of a movie here. We've met this animal army. And instead we really dig into what that means, what that means thematically, how it parallels with what's going on with Amy and sing. And that's great. That makes this a better, TV show because they're really focusing on making a strong 40 minutes, 40-ish minutes of television versus what is the fourth hour of this story. It works on both of those levels, but I like this show better because it sticks to the television format. So you're cool with doing like a dramatic, creepy beard shot and then not addressing it at all? What I like about that is so many other shows um, are very, like, progressive. The narrative really moves, and it's like, oh, in this, you can almost predict it. And if it's an eight-episode series, it's like, oh, in this fifth episode, there's a big change. In the seventh episode, you get a big, the final setup for the thing. So it, most shows, you can sort of see the shape of it. This show is shaped a little bit differently, I think, in a great way, where they're putting pieces on the board, and I think they're all going to sort of collide at the end as opposed to slowly build in this progression that we're pretty familiar with. So I give them credit for, for treating us um, as like smart viewers and able to sort of hold these ideas in our heads and to see a beard guy, a dramatic beard guy, and remember how dramatic his beard is for next time. Huh. Wow. Well, I mean, I take the opinion of a line producer who's worked a lot in television. You know Again, what I mean? not for the, for the final time. <laughs> I'm not a line not producer. Gonna, it's not going to be final. <laughs> Let's talk about Amy's storyline, which I thought was great. First of all, I love Pigtail. Great character. I was a little confused by the fact that Amy clearly has an accent and she doesn't, and they've only been talking to each other. 
very bad, not not good line producing, I think. Wow. Right? Yep, that's definitely <laughs> it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I am a line producer. I just don't know the answer. Yes. Pigtail yeah. should have talked with her accent. But other than that... Wait, and Alex, your son has a like a, per, a crystal clear British accent, though, so I feel like you can't be uh, that, that is true. surprised yeah. by that. Yeah. Hmm. wonder where <laughs> he's been raised. He, he, I will say this is, this is very far afield, but, uh, one of, one of my uh, son's cousins watched a lot of Peppa Pig and adopted a Peppa Pig accent at about two or three years old and would come in when we'd, uh, you know, come over for a barbecue and he'd be like, can I have a hamburger? Yeah. Wow. Even though he grew up on Long Island. Get at it. Long Island, anything. I mean, you don't want anything that goes. No rules, just right. That's what I say about Long Island. I thought Amy's storyline was great, other than the accent. I don't want to harp on that too much uh, because I really liked what's going on there. I really liked the movement, love the information that we found out about the last man and how that tied into what was going on with the animal army. Should we talk about Bobby? Yeah, should we should talk Bobby. about the, the hey, uh, Bobby. Otter, Otter Christmas Jug uh, special character there. Emmett Otter Jug Jug Band Christmas. That's yeah. that is that's exactly what I thought too. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I want to watch this movie after this. Pete and I were talking about reaction videos yesterday, I think, and how I don't quite get them. And I think part of the reason is that mostly I watch a TV show and I don't react that much. You know, I react internally. I'm thinking about it. I'm watching it. Just very stoic. So why would I ever? I wouldn't do a reaction video of myself because that would be boring versus Pete who loses a shit all the time about everything. If I, when Bobby came on screen, <laughs> you were that like, was, Oh, <laughs> 100% audible reaction. I was like, Oh, 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 oh Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now was that just because That's so funny, Bobby looks like a Muppet or were you, I think there's a couple of reasons. First of all, it's it's this design, just in terms of the show, that straddles between being the baby Yoda of the show and being that alien from back at me. Like, it's right in the middle zone there, mm. I think. But also, it looks like the way Jeff Lemire draws that character. That's the thing, yeah. is that, like, it's different than the other animal kids in terms of the way that they're executing it, because it does seem like... Maybe there is some sort of uh, animatronics thing potentially going on there with some CGI augmentation. I think it was just a act, uh, baby actor. Oh, just a baby actor. I yeah. don't think it's that, <laughs> but I do think there's a couple of different things going on there in terms of the movement. But it really does look like a Jeff Lemire drawing come to life. And that's, I think, the main thing that drew that reaction out of me. Because at first I thought uh, Pigtail just didn't know how trees worked and she was feeding trees like the food. But then when you got Bobby's intro, it's like, oh, that's also where the carrots went and everything. So that made a little bit more sense. Justin, what did you think about Bobby? I love Bobby. Like, great to see what a gentleman just like really dressed up at the end of the episode. Um, I it, it is funny. It, when in the comic, when they introduced Bobby, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. It's just another iteration of a hybrid. And this, I was like, that's a, that's an otter that talks. That's <laughs> like, I feel like physicalizing it definitely poses more questions about what's up. Um, 
So I I do th- I don't think that will be a difference in the show, but I I liked the pushing the the boundaries a little bit. I did it did feel a little bit like I really liked how all the hybrids and stuff looked, and then the humans dressing as Muppets, and I was fine with that. But then when we got Bobby a little bit, I was like, ooh, oh, I don't know, I'm a little worried about how this looks and how this is gonna move forward a little bit in the show, especially if Bobby becomes a thing that we're seeing all the time. Um, I'm just worried it might pull some people out of the story a little bit. Does it pull you out? Uh, don't I worry mean, about other people. Well, it's just, you know, it was like, I don't know. It just seemed not like the same kind of caliber as everything else. It seemed a little bit like, and, I, and I've never tried to film something and have a, a mop come to life. So it's, uh, you know, I don't want to feel like Did I'm shitting. a mop? Yeah, I mean, what would you say, Bobby, is like a mini Chewbacca type of thing? Like, I don't know. I guess probably I would say mini Chewbacca. I'd say some sort of a mop probably would be my thing. Yeah, Yeah, it's either a living mop or a mini Chewbacca. I will accept no other answers in the the continuity of this television show. Let us know. Write us at sweettoothpodcast.com and let us know whether you think this is more of a Sorcerer's Apprentice type situation or a Star Wars situation. (laughs) An upside down Sorcerer's Apprentice, or some sort of Star Wars babies, uh, where we got mini. Everybody I, gets miniaturized I, for this. I show. tell you though, I am worried about the zoo, especially if she's on there broadcasting. That uh, you know, this is a safe place. I know it's in the future, but I'm still a little worried about like you know, because there's obviously gar- guards uh, still going around. That was a weird choice. I, in the span of the show, I like the idea of them setting up the preserve, and I think that's going to be exciting to see. The fact that so many people are openly using these channels, and then she's just broadcasting it out there, like you say, seems seems like a bad choice. I think we're not going to immediately see the ramifications of that, but there's no doubt in my mind that down the road that she's going to run into Abbott at some point. Also, she better not fucking yeah. use those fireworks, because if little sheriff's office is using flares... You know, the uh, the bad men for sure are going to come. I think that's an interesting detail that I do wonder. I just throw out a wild theory to you. Abbott attacks. They don't have weapons, but they fire fireworks to try to scare them off. Maybe they come mm, back later. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mini Chewbacca's are also called Ewoks, too. <laughs> no, no, those are separate separate things, man. I, I don't know. I've seen that movie a couple of times, and I think they're all Chewbacca's children. Nope. Right? No, no, don't. He comes in are, and he says, You guys my, are upsetting children. No, no. Gathered to me. Completely different planets. He says, different My species. son, Wicket. You know, because he no, speaks just that one line. No, the only line Chewbacca has in the whole no. movie, the whole series just of movies. He doesn't speak one line one He does. Time. He says, Wicket, please. But my son, Wicket, please. What He's are we not having Silent for dinner? Bob. It's and, not and that Wicket Chewbacca. Says, and Wicket says, Gotta feed Papa Bugs. Gotta feed uh, Baba Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Before we move on to the candy review portion of the podcast, is there anything else you want to call out about this episode? Uh, I was really hoping that uh, when Gus was king for a day, he would make some changes, but uh, you know, it just seemed like an honorary thing. So I was a little oh, disappointed yeah. in that. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Bear is prime minister, he's king, it's just a ceremonial position. The the monarchy is slowly falling apart due to a variety of scandals. I look forward to this crown series based on the uh, animal army that will no doubt be coming out um, soon in this world. Overall, real good episode, really enjoyed this one. Why don't we move on to our candy review thematically... 
with this episode with Gus eating the sour gummy worms, we tried very hard to get sour gummy worms. That's what we That's aimed right. for. It didn't quite work out, I think, in three cases. Uh, so All, th- all cases. <laughs> all cases. <laughs> all okay. the, the thing was, it was the timing, because we had another candy all queued up, and then we had to last minute be like, oh, my God, the show has sour gummy worms. We should get that, and then kind of scramble. Then, unfortunately, with the little store by my house, it doesn't have that. So should we go around the horn and say what we got before we actually yeah, yeah. try it? Pete, do you want to go first? Actually, sure. you don't go first. Uh, Justin, you go first. <laughs> I got... The classic candy that we all craved as a child. I was like, oh, what's my favorite thing to eat? Sourized? And that's Sour Skeddy. I love <laughs> some Sour Skeddy, which is short for uh, spaghetti, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, you'll try it in a second. I like sour spaghetti. It's a little too thin, but, you know, like you got there, you can eat a chunk of it. Is it just like the sour tape just cut up? like, Or is it really kind of like pieces of spaghetti looking? Yeah, no, the, uh, and these were made by um, the uh, Italian Italian candy maker <laughs> who has a, a very a goofy pasta maker that keeps oh, spitting out this <laughs> sour candy. Oh no, we got a sour candy again! <laughs> what are we gonna do? So I didn't go to the gas station this time because clearly that has not panned out very well. No, Instead, the artisan I went to the gas station. The bodega on the corner, which also didn't turn out very well. Or actually, I mean, visually it turned out well because I got this cup from Candylicious. They had a bunch <laughs> of cups. It's half full. It's not really even. It's half I'm glad full. It's, it's vacuum packed. But it's got neon gummy worms, which is what I think he had on the show. And then there's also weirdly some mini gummy bears at the bottom there for no particular reason. So visually, it feels right. I'm definitely going to get poisoned and die. Yeah, Alex, if one of my kids brought that home on Halloween, I'd be like, you put that right in the garbage. That's a plastic <laughs> cup with saran wrap on top. That looks yep. really sketchy. I would not eat that. Well, let's see what happens. Maybe this is my last podcast. Pete, what did you get that's I got bread? the old... Uh, Gold bears, which I'm a big fan of these golden uh, gummy bears, but then sour style. So. Well, I always say bears are the worms of the forest. That's what? right. Same yeah, thing. For a man famous for knowing his animals, keeping his animals straight. Yeah. All right. Why don't we? Why don't we try this here? I don't even know. Now, is a the skeddy is the same, basically a gummy worm, just with a slightly skinnier. different name. Oh, it's skinnier. Interesting. Oh my god, this is impossible to open. Come on, man. Punch it. No, I'm it's weak. Childproof. <laughs> I need more candy to make me strong. All right. Oh, this smells so good. Here, Here's the thing. I Sour candy is much more my thing than chocolate or sweet candy or anything like that. Like, I will just sit down and eat an entire thing of Sour Patch Kids. I love mm-hmm. those. So opening this up and getting the smell of the sour worms in there, so good. That is turning me into Pete right now is basically wow. what's happening. Alex, you are treating this like it's some sort of tasting menu on a cooking show. <laughs> I, you know, you know. Sometimes we grab uh, so audio, and I really want someone to grab audio of the Alex going. Mm-hmm. No, I am weak. If these are going to kill me, this is how I want to die. Honestly, yeah. I um, love this. This is like sour. It's sweet. It's gummy. Biting into it, the inside is orange. The outside green and orange. Do you feel good about they only gave you half a cup that you? This is enough because again, I will eat as much as is here. So it seems like a waste of plastic. Like she, they should have made smaller cups or something. Alex, I'll I'm probably be putting, throw out the mini gummy bears. To be honest with you, I'm I'm going to be throwing away the rest of this bag of sour skeddy in about 45 minutes. If you want to 
rifle through my trash. <laughs> yeah, no problem. What do you think of the sour sketty? What's your take on it, Justin? I mean, actually, as not a big candy guy, I do like Sour Patch Kids. I think with a sour sketty, not as sour as your mm. Sour Patch Kid. No. No, you... Sour candy eventually has to rip up your mouth. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Like Sour Turn Patch Kids. Into, the, yeah. I'll get a sack of Sour Patch Kids, go to the movie theater, and by sack. the end of the movie. Sack. <laughs> Just get a sack. sack. Santa Where Claus are you style. buying over candy? My... Like, you get cups of candy, sacks of candy. Uh, are you right, just sir? going to some dude who's got a van? Like, what are you doing? A box of popcorn and a sack of Sour Patch Kids. That'll be $250. Please enjoy your movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try one of these mini gummy bears as well. There you go. See, these are terrible. I hate these mini gummy bears. They're impossible to chew. It's none of the they're pleasure the same, of a gummy bear. They're in the same cup. They're friends. No, but they're not the same. Like they're not the pleasure of a gummy bear. Which Wait, is, some of them are dusted and some aren't. Is that what you're saying in the cup? The there's the neon worms, which are sour worms. Like I I got it right, guys. But the gummy bears are just mini gummy bears, and they're also hard. You know, that's the that's the problem with mini gummy bears is there's not enough gummy bear on them to actually chew through. What kind of weird mixed up cup uh, did you get? You got like. It's some I things sour worms and mini gummy bears. Go ahead. What, what's going on with your sour gummy bears, Pete? All right. So, you know, these are uh, absolutely adorable looking. Um, but I got to say, like, I love gummy bears, especially the golden brand. Um, uh, but the only kind of sour thing I like are Sour Patch Kids because of the it's a perfect amount of like gummy and then the kind of like sugary crack on tap you know so it's like uh this is a little bit too much gummy and then the sour on it so it's like not as enjoyable um yeah i go i go hard on sour patch kids other than that i'm not a fan of the sour i would rather have a gummy worm or a gummy bear but how is it now that you've actually put it in your mouth it's all right (laughs) it's all right I like these. They're again. They're probably going to kill me, but these these are perfect. They got the right amount of give. Mm, I love giving oh, my so candy. Good. You know, oh, and there's God. different flavors too. I'm yeah. having a, a yeah, red and yellow flavors. one. It's like strawberry banana. Good stuff. <laughs> banana. Blech. I don't know. I gotta say, these sour the sour skitties grown on me. Nice. You know, it's nice. The length of it, you get a couple different chews out of it, as opposed to Sour Patch Kids, like one done. Yeah. Back's gone. The sack's half empty. If you'd like to support our candy habit, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Sweet Tooth. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, a farewell to the flesh. <laughs> wow. That reminds me, I do have to go feed Papa Bugs, so I'll catch you guys later. <laughs>